0: Morning. morning. I'm not watching the wa- or the clock. So, uh, pardon my my, my dishevelness, I guess. Okay, so our opening hymns this morning are "Joy to the Lord," and we have come into this into His house. So, if you stand and join me. Using your hymnal, it's page 242. again I want to welcome you to uh, the First United Methodist Church. Um, My name is Jan Muxlow in case you're not familiar with who I am. Uh, Well some people don't always know but anyway I've been here since I was born in this church so grew up in here. Uh, Greetings and announcements. Okay I just gave you a greeting and Hello to everybody. Uh, The announcements, if you take a look into your bulletin, you'll see um, this week's outline of activities. We have American Heritage Girls on Monday, Tuesday, Ladies' Bible Study at Lieblers, Wednesday, Lay Servant Class, Thursday, Nurture and Outreach, and Food Truck Helpers. Um, I don't see Kim here today, but uh, I'm assuming she takes as much help as she can possibly get. Um, let's see Fall Harvest Gathering October 17th from 2 to 4 p.m. Brown City Missionary Church Uh, this was the same type of program that we uh, participated in last year I believe it was for the children of the community. Um, Many of the churches gathered in the parking lot and held um, games and activities for the kids to do and passed out candy um, kind of like a trunk or treat, but a little bit more advanced with the fact that we were offering activities for the students to participate in or the children to participate in. Um, if you're interested in helping out or need more information, contact Karen Eckland. Anything else we have? Pastor's still on vacation. Anybody else have any announcements to share? Yes. Um, The ladies of the church have been invited to a fall rally at the Missionary Church uh, here in Brown City. Um, The service, it's on Thursday, September 30th at 7 p.m. The guest speaker is Ann Harrington from Colonial Woods Missionary Church. And if you're interested in going, um, please let Phyllis know because we have to turn in a certain amount of head count by the 23rd. So um, it's an open uh, invitation. Okay, are you gonna post that? Okay, Okay. okay, perfect, all right. And if they have questions, they can contact you? Oh, Phyllis, okay, all right, perfect. Any other announcements? No? Okay, then we're gonna move on to Young Disciples. Now I know we've got some disciples in here, whether you're young or old, it doesn't matter. I was happy to see um, the other day, I think it was when uh, Kevin was doing his turn, that many people came up and participated, so that's great.
1: Bribery. Hmm, it's working. (gasps) Okay. there's always one in the group <laughs> okay the message is it's what's on the inside that counts if we go to the doctor he can take an x-ray to see if we have a broken bone um, but he can't just look at you to see what's wrong I, I'm going to read you a bible verse from 1st Samuel Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Even though you can look at people, but you can't see what's inside them. Only the Lord can see what's inside a person. From 1 Peter, your beauty should not come from outward adornment, such as braided hair and the wearing of gold jewelry and fine clothes. Instead, it should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. So instead of trying to spend so much time on materialistic things, God wants us to, you know, take care of our inner self and rely on him and our faith to get through. And so when you look at people, just because they may not have the latest fashion Don't judge them based on that because it's probably the best thing that they have to wear. And some people um, that I'm familiar with, they may not dress like a rock star, but guess what? Their faith is deeper than most. Let us pray. Our kind Heavenly Father, let's keep at the forefront that it's what's on the inside that counts. And we know you know all of our thoughts at every moment. Let's keep our thoughts in the positive direction and help those who need help seeing the reason we believe in you. In your name we pray, amen. Amen. Jan. At the Silverwood Church, they
0: don't have a young disciples moment because they don't have any children. They call it a seniors moment. All right. Well, there you go. My senior moment doesn't involve that. (laughs) Most of my senior moments are duh. (laughs) But yes, thank you. I like that. Very good. Okay. We're gonna move on to joys and concerns. We have any joys and concerns? None. Oh, Liz.
1: I've pretty much been sick since last Thursday, so it's getting better, but I'll take prayers for that.
0: Mike and I had a joy last week. We went up to the Benzie River and got to see the pastor and Karen and spent three or four days in Traverse City.
1: We had uh, joyful news from our son in Texas that our grandson, who's in the military, um, out in... Out west. Can't tell you the state right now. Mm -hmm. Um, Anyway, out like Montana area. Anyway, he... Um, is going to be a dad. And so that is going to make Jim Great Grandpa. And him and his uh, (laughs) wife are going to spend two weeks in Texas with his dad and brothers, and so they're going to have some really nice time together. So we're very excited for them.
0: Congratulations. Jim, I know you're not that old, so you're good.
2: I have a joy just to be here. It's awesome to see the family still gather together, brother and sisters. Uh, I have a couple of concerns of my friends in Kentucky, uh, Bob and Gail Rowe. Bob's kind of just got over COVID and now his wife has got it, but she also has pneumonia. So if you remember her, them in prayers, appreciate you it. You
0: said Bob and Gail? Bob and Gail. Okay. My friend Rosette Knox is uh, having surgery on Thursday to replace a knee. She suffers with rheumatoid arthritis and um, it's been very painful uh, for her. So she's kind of actually looking forward to the surgery, hoping that it will help some. What was the name again? Rosette Knox. Uh, my, just for those of you who don't know or aren't aware, my mom had a stroke on Tuesday, Tuesday morning, about 1 o'clock. Um, she's doing quite well. She was aware enough. She knew what was happening. She um, called. I was able to get there. There were no visible signs of any stroke at the time that I got there. She was weak. Um, got her to Marlette. They transported her on to Saginaw. Um, she does have some uh, paralyzed left arm but she was itching it the other morning and Jeannie says to her why are you itching your arm and she said well because it itches (laughs) and Jeannie's like think about this so she is getting some sensation she's got a little bit of a droopy lip and her left leg is a little bit weak but things are looking good so we just continued prayer for healing complete healing
2: Uh, Judy and I just last evening finished watching the first season of The Chosen. If you have Netflix, I would encourage all of you to watch it. It's, uh, it's interesting how we all have different interpretations of the Bible. Um, at, at the wedding celebration that Jesus went to, He danced. A lot of people think that Christians shouldn't dance. So it's, it's, uh, it's early on when He's gathering up His disciples. It's really interesting I would encourage you to watch it. I think there's a second season coming so
0: Thank you way over here to Wilma she's hiding <laughs> I'd like to have prayers for my sister's church up in uh, Michigami, Michigan. Um, They're having trouble getting a pastor and there's a possibility that the church will close. Um, This will affect two churches. There's Republic up there and Michigami that are uh, together in this conference and um, they are just having a problem getting a pastor to go up there. And so there's a possibility the church will close. So prayers for the congregation, it's a small congregation, but um, they, need, they need our prayers because um, going to the Methodist, next Methodist church is a drive away from there, so they'll have to make some decisions on this. Any other joys or concerns? Okay, let's go to prayer, please. Dear Lord, We thank you for the joys of trips, family, upcoming fatherhood, able to be with people out and around. And we also ask that you look upon us with your eyes of mercy. May their healing hand rest upon Liz, Bob and Gail, Rosette, Barb, and the church that needs a pastor. May your life giving powers flow into each and every one of them to help restore and strengthen them to the wholeness for your service. Again, we thank you for the blessings and we ask for those in need in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Will you please join me in saying the Lord's Prayer? Our Father, Uh, could I have the ushers come forward please for the offering Father God, you are the giver of all things. Your word makes clear that every good and perfect gift comes from you. We ask that you accept these gifts and use them to your glory. May these gifts bring shelter to the homeless, comfort to the sick, rest to the weary, and hope to the hopeless. Just as you multiplied the offerings of fish and the loaves that were freely given for others, we pray that you would multiply these and use them, excuse me and use them as your will. We ask these in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay. It is with great pleasure that I announce or introduce our guest speaker today, our own Rob Rugenstein. i my stuff out of here
3: for you. Okay, I'll clear my stuff out of here for No, that's okay. Can you hear me? Okay. This isn't going to be a sermon. It's more of a testimony. Both, huh? Oh, the whole thing moves. Okay. Uh, I think all of us know who Robin Williams was. I'd like to start with a couple of quotes. People don't fake depression, they fake being okay. Remember, be kind. Another quote he had was, I think the saddest people always try their hardest to make people happy, because they know what it's like to feel absolutely worthless, and they don't want anyone else to feel like that. I think that describes me. Uh, when Pat asked me to do this, I didn't want to do it. He <laughs> bugged me for a long time, and, while he, and uh, he kept after me, and finally agreed. I didn't know what I was going to talk about. I prayed, nothing. Then I was in our bathroom where Cindy has the Beatitudes posted, and I read the one that said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for they shall inherit the kingdom of heaven. It just clicked. Something happened. can't explain it. And a few days later, watching the news this summer, you heard about the gymnast that left the Olympics because she had mental health issues. Then the golfer that uh, quit playing golf because she, I'm sorry, I'm nervous, She had mental health issues, and I knew then that God wanted me to speak on this issue, because it affects every one of us. We also have somebody in our family. It's not easy to speak about mental illness. It scares people. We all know someone in our family or close friend who suffers from it. I'm one of those people. I've been in the hospital twice over the years. It's a disease that wears you down It makes life hard to live, not just for me, but for my family. You grow tired of the fight. Many give up and take their own life, leaving behind the family and friends feeling guilty that they could have done something to stop it. I can only speak for myself. Only God can give me strength to carry on. Talking to the Father, knowing He understands my struggle. My failures can keep and my failures can keep me going. Faith is something you can't explain. It's a feeling deep inside. Even when I've given up and many times I've given up. Gotten mad at God, refused to talk to him, that he abandoned me. He keeps reaching out, telling me I'm not in this fight alone. He's holding my hand, telling me I'm worthy, that together we can overcome. The Bible is full of verses that have comfort and given me hope. But when you go really tired, words are, are one thing. I reach deep down inside and I think of what he's done for me, for my family. I think of Cindy when she had blood clots and they told me she was going to die. When Ryan fell out of a tree at work, 30-some feet, and they thought his back was broke. When Bobby was on the farm, how he almost drowned in a a wagon load of corn. My cancer, when the doctor says, I've never dealt with prostate cancer that large. You'll have to go to Beaumont. He's seen me through. These examples of his faithfulness to me gives me strength to, uh, to fight this fight. And it'll always be there. It's never going to go away. I've seen, I think Lonnie and Bonnie know, knew Jason Cowflesh. Did you know Jason? Uh, he lives out there by you. He worked for us for over a year. Do you know Jason? Yeah. He worked for us for over a year when we had the cows. You can ask for a nicer person. Great kid, great worker, quiet, unbelievable. When he committed suicide, I couldn't, I worked with the, if we'd have talked, if we'd have talked, Danny Parr used to come over. I've known so many people that have committed suicide because we treat mental illness like it's something we don't want to talk about, it's taboo. I'm just as normal as anybody, we all are. And I'm certain if you people out here was honest with yourself, there's somebody in your family or a close friend or somebody you knew that suffers from it. It's, you know, it's just what is. it is. Uh, and so many more. It reminds me that he watches over me and will continue to walk beside me, that we're in this together. In therapy, that's a great place to go. Yeah the hospital. I've seen people suffer depression, anxiety, feelings of inadequacy, underachievement, loss of self-worth. I'm not a doctor, but even I can tell you that a lot of the problems come from how we treat each other. The lack of self-worth. Someone, I think I told Kevin, uh, excuse me, you treat a person like a dog. Pretty soon that person begins to think he's a dog. You know, he loses confidence. He loses, like me, you know, you're afraid to make any kind of decision because you'd have no confidence in yourself. Because everybody, your teachers, your, we do all of us do it. We don't see inside people that the hurt that's caused by the words we say to each other. And I've, I'm just as guilty as anybody of that. Uh, you learn to hide your feelings by constantly now, everybody knows this about me by making jokes. It becomes my way of life, my way of protecting myself. When I feel inadequate, I'll, I'll, I'll clown around. You know, I can hide it. You know, and everybody laughs. I'm laughing, but it's not the same. I still do this. Christ teaches us about love, not judging and, comp- and compassion and caring. Take, taking on a deeper meaning, I think I understand on a deeper level. And I'm not trying to say I'm, but when you suffer, like anything, you know, uh, you have a deeper understanding of what, what Christ was trying to teach us. You know, we all use these words, love, compassion. I mean, we got to be sincere when we do it. We got to really care about people, not, mm-hmm. not just like that you know and I don't don't misunderstand I still find myself doing things to people I shouldn't but God picks me up he dusts me off and he says lesson learned move on don't stop trying with the help he gives I'll become the person I want to be I guess I keep repeating it It's just be kind defend the weak Remember that it can happen to your loved ones. Christ calling us to look out for each other is real. I know that all of us will fail because we're human. But if we keep trying with God's help, we will get there. And uh, this year, 35 years ago, was uh, my testimony in this church. And... uh, if you don't mind, I'd like to read it because these are short sermons. I'm not Pat. I can't talk all day. No, I can, but I don't. <laughs> uh, uh, like I say, uh, Jim Walker was a minister here then. And uh, we was all in Colossians. There was Linda and Cindy. I can't remember who else there was anymore. And uh, so if you don't mind... I'd like to read this. This is, like I say, 35, 36 years ago. It's as true today as it was then. Uh, My legs have almost quit shaking by now. Anyway, okay. Christ tells us to go forth and tell others of the good news and what he's done for us. So I come before you to testify what he's done for me. As a child and a young adult, I had no religious background. I believed God existed, but I had no understanding of him. I knew nothing about his love for me, how he gave his only son to die for me, to cleanse me of my sins and give me eternal life. Like most young people, I gave little thought to God. I was too busy having fun, thinking only of myself. I always believed I was a... A good person, respectful to others, well behaved, school making the honor roll every marking period, but even the dark cloud, even then the dark clouds loomed on the horizon. While I enjoyed good relations with my mother, my father remained distant. We couldn't talk to each other, enjoy things the way most fathers and sons do. A pain that remains in my heart is that he didn't even bother to attend my high school graduation, a pain I buried deep inside but I found something to replace my dad, like so many people, alcohol. I could talk a long time about my abuse of this alcohol, but suffice it to say it nearly ruined my life, as well nearly taking my life on several occasions. But with my drinking, drinking came a worsening situation a relationship with my dad. Our fighting reached a shameful low as my dad grew older I became depressed, worrying that he would pass away without ever being able to tell or express the love I knew we felt for each other. At this time, other events from my past surfaced, unable to handle these events, I sought professional help. It had not occurred to me at this stage, to turn to God for help. While these people meant well, they couldn't read my heart or my mind. With depression and anxiety reaching a fearful point, I turned to reading the Bible, searching for answers. I, believe, I began to believe only God could read my heart and my mind, and I believe that to this day. Professional people mean well, but nobody, I, like I talked to Pat one time, if I had to choose between cancer and mental illness, I'll take cancer 10 times out of 10, because you can fix that. You can fix a broken iron, but what's up here, I can talk to you all day, but it's, it's, I guess if you have it, you can talk to, you know, it's like, well, we got something in common. Me and Danny Parr, we'd sit in our barn and we'd talk because we, we could feel, we could connect. And this is a connection that only God can have with me. Uh, okay. I talked to a priest about my fears and he told me how Jesus loved me and cared, but I still didn't understand. I had attended church and invited a minister to my house where we talked and I accepted Christ as my savior, yet I hadn't learned to trust Christ. My problems remained. Turning from God, I once again turned to man, checking myself into the hospital and I suffered a nervous breakdown. I didn't understand at this time that this was God's way of working. He was gently leading me even though I was resisting him. In the hospital, it became clear how my relationship with my father was hurting me. The doctors told me I suffered from obsessive-compulsive disorder. In my case, a constant checking and rechecking of past events to make sure they happened the way they did. I still don't understand this disorder, and I have problems dealing with it. I've come to realize that I do not fight this battle alone, for Jesus is at my side, reaching out to help and guide me. Helped me learn not only to trust him, but to lean on him. For he had told me in his word that he will never leave or forsake me. When people ask what sustains my faith, I try to explain how God has answered my prayers, some spoken, most from my heart. I really believe that. It's It's not the spoken word, it's that I don't know that you know that God can hear it, he can feel that. You know, it, it, it's a connection. Uh, the answered prayer I tell people all the most is that when I was in the hospital, my dad came to see me. For the first time in my life, he held me. And uh, I cried on his shoulder and told him how much I loved him. He didn't say love, never in my life did my dad ever use that word. But after he left, the nurse gave me a card that my dad had uh, left at the desk. I opened it and on it was written just five words with all my love, Dad. It was then I realized God was working to heal the broken hearts, mine and my dad's. For as Christ said, until now, you have not asked for anything in my name, ask and you will receive. And your joy shall be complete. It is this assurance that God hears our prayers and delights in answering them that gives me strength to face tomorrow. For this I humbly give thanks to my Savior, Lord Jesus Christ. That was true 35 years ago. It's true today. We all have broken relationships and things that happen in our life. And we, at the time, you know, we don't know how it how it affects each one of us differently, you know. Uh, I think of people when I went to school, you know, how those who, like, Jim was talking about, are not Jim, uh... Sammy was talking about in the children's, is uh, they don't have the right clothes. They're not the cool kids. How we we treat each other is so important because it has long-term effects. And I don't want anybody to think, it took me a long time to understand, I I don't pass judgment on my father, for example, but I understand he had a rough childhood. He, he grew up in a time when a man didn't use the word love. You toughed it out. You didn't show emotions. You know, it, it was it was. He couldn't, and I'm, I'm sure there's other people, that, if they're honest about it in here, can say the same thing. Man ain't supposed to cry. Lessons learned in this is whenever I talk to my sons, the last thing on the phone, when they leave. I love you. Give your kids a hug. It means so much. I mean, when Christ talks about love one another, it's really the most important thing. It's up to us to take care of each other. And it's like I say, we'll be leaving here early, but the road I've traveled hasn't been easy, but I'm still here. The only reason I'm here today is Because God was walking that road with me every step of the way, and he'll be on that road with me the rest. Uh, It's been a long journey. The journey isn't over. And it's going to be a struggle for me probably all my life. And... People were well intentioned in the hospitals and that, but there's nobody but God can look inside your head. You know, they can kind of guide you, but <coughs> oops, I'm sorry, it comes straight from Him. So that's all I've got to say, and I'm not taking questions either. <laughs> <laughs> so that's up to you. Yeah.
0: Thank you, Rob. That was excellent. And how true. How true. Okay. Um, our closing hymn is Blessed Assurance, page six. 36- Hello? Somebody say something? Okay. <laughs> Am I hearing things? Okay. okay all right page 369 in the methodist hymnal hymnal please stand if we sing it really slow we can last till 11 i suppose bless us and keep us as we draw closer to jesus we pray that he will fill our hearts with love and joy and keep us rejoicing in the lord and in the power of his might so that we may be strengthened in the inner man equipped to your to do your service and in jesus name we pray amen